Putters and dribblers, it ain't worth risking missing the biggest rivalries in cricket as Australia take on India in the lead-up to the T20 Cricket World Cup. Tom, you're absolutely right. You've nailed it on the head. Now, this is a three-match series, and it's live and it's exclusive, baby, on Fox Cricket, and it's available on KO, and it's all at break free in play. Yes! You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. What's his name? Tonka. 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 Like a Tonka truck, you know? It's a good Indian restaurant in Melbourne. Yeah? Tonka. Check it out. Well, Eddie's... I mean, you're the king of the Indian... Um, Well, mate, this is almost set up perfectly for me now. It has. There's an Indian in Dubbo where I'm from. Oh, is Um, there? Yeah, yeah. That I spoke about on the podcast once and someone, I assume, listens to the podcast, wrote up like a a full-on review... Oh. On my behalf, essentially, and put it in the local paper. <laughs> and the fir- the opening quote was, um, "It's fucking terrific," says Mr. Simpson. <laughs> but but he's, he goes on and he says, "Like um, he goes, this thing stacks up globally, and it's like Eddie hasn't eaten Indian outside of Dubbo, <laughs> and they've just taken these out of context quotes yeah. to make it sound like the one on Edgecliff Road." Um, yeah, I've been to that one. That one's Ripper. That's, that's the one nice. just down from on the New South Ed Road, just yeah. down from the. Yeah, um, been there. That's good. Also, Indian Home Diner. The, yeah. Indian Home Diner is just like, it's a bit mainstream now, but like, it's the place to go. You might have to do an Indian tour. Yeah, we'll do a tour with you, mate. Is Indian food. I was going to say, then we're going to record the next morning as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get lapelled up. Yeah, yeah. Go and try the hottest chilies that they've got. Is Indian better over there or here? It's hard because what happens over there, the oils are so rich. They use so much ghee. Where in Australia, it's like you get the nice flavours and the spice, but you don't get the shit. Like, it's like when you go to any other country, all the richness and that just doesn't sit well in your guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much. And so like, you almost you prefer get, it. You get heartburn and everything. Oh, really? Well, in South India, everything's so spicy. Like, you, you say mild and they just go, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm going to turn it up a that. bit more. <laughs> Is heartburn indigestion? Is that what you... Yeah, yeah okay. you get it yeah. from eating heaps of chilies. Oh, mate, we, that's... Be my worst nightmare. That would be. Yeah. That's why the India, like, so it's funny because like the Indians, like your natural bo, theirs is so strong because of all the um, <laughs> toxic. It was different. It's like us. Our yeah. bo is a little bit different to theirs. And I actually he can't smell. I don't have a sense of smell. Okay, but just the fact that different cultures would have different bo based on what they're eating mm. is. Again, my mind's constantly being blown about well, smell I, generally. If I've had a big night, Ella's like, it's leaking out of your pores. You reek oh, really? of alcohol. Yeah, oh, no, al- yeah. Alcohol's big. No, yeah. alcohol I get. When I come home from big night, I have to sleep in a different room because, like, Steph might just get drunk from my literal presence. So in can you house. taste? I can, but I'm also like, now I realise that maybe I can't taste as well as I thought I could. Okay. But I've never I've never even been to the doctors about it, Dave. I, I say COVID might have re... Like started it. Yeah. I know that would have been nice. Everyone's getting their taste taken away from it. Yeah, mate, you got back. it back. That would have been hilarious. My parents never took me to the doctors, and so I have now held that against them. And that was probably an excuse I could use until I was eighteen. Now I'm thirty three. I probably could have taken. So you've never been able to smell. No, Glenn Maxwell can't smell either. There you go. You and the Big Show. There we go. We there you go. So we have to tell them to wear deodorant. Dude, that's what I literally have like three bottles. No, but it's being polite because it's like hundred percent. Can't smell. It's like what. One of my yeah. biggest fears is just stinking. Like, I have to have deodorant on me all the time. I've got one in the car. I usually have two in my bag. <laughs> I've always Because you don't know. It. I've got a little bit of spray as well. I don't yeah. know how, you know, I hope it smells nice. No, I'm saying you don't know. When that could be a classic it. stitch up. Go searching for some good cologne. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put the Dubai Mall scent on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex Panther. Yeah, my mate actually did it when I was like maybe 13. 
And I was st- we were having like a sleepover at his house and he poured warm water on me while I was asleep and goes, dude, you pissed the bed. And I'm like, oh no, what are you serious? I'm like, don't tell your parents. And he's like, mate, what do you mean not tell my parents? You've ruined the couch. I'm like, completely freaking out. And then we're having breakfast with the parents because I've like frantically tried to like air out everything. And I'm like, dude, just don't say anything. It's all good. I'll like, I'll clean it. And then we're sitting there at breakfast with the family <laughs> for the next day and he just goes, mum, Tom pissed in the couch last night. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I just, I got up and oh, left. I was so bro. embarrassed. You left? Well, like, as in, I went and walked out. So I made a scene. It was embarrassing. Like, <laughs> tears? No, I wasn't tears. I was just, I mean, I, at 13, you don't want to be pissing the bed no. at a friend's place. And all I've, that. Yeah, I've done it. No, exactly. Anyway, it. welcome to the Hello Sport podcast. Home of unqualified opinion, unwavering bias. Joining us on this momentous occasion, one of the great cricketers of our time, the one and only David Warner. Thank you very much for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure. You look great, mate. You oh, look thanks. terrific. Yeah, you do. Appreciate it. Fighting fit? Uh, well, you'll soon see. I don't know. <laughs> I always feel fit. I feel like I'm 21. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, that's just the opposite for me. Yeah. What do you mean? We were saying before, like, you've had a bit of a nice period of time off. Yeah, it's been good. How long's it been? I think 25 and a half days now. Where does that stack up in terms <laughs> of, like, where does that stack up in terms of time off? Like, um, that's probably seven years, one day off every year, um, a couple of days off every year. Uh, but that's always family time. So theoretically, yeah. a day to myself would be like a m- probably three Wednesdays now. I've played golf for four and a half hours, and then it's yeah, that hasn't even stacked up to a day off. Jesus. Um, yeah. Isn't that wild? The fact that you know that it's twenty five and a half days off, I think, says everything that yeah. I need to know about how little time you get off. That's just that flight out in the middle of the day. That's that half a day. Yeah. <laughs> Has have you have you got more time as you get older or less time? Do you think? I think you get more time between training sessions off. Um, you know, usually it used to be like you'd land and you had like for a test match, for example, four days lead in. So the first day would be like your a bit of content stuff, um, your headshots and, and that, and you'd fly in that mid-afternoon. And then the next day would be like an optional training, main training session, and then you have your optional before the game. So that's like changed a little bit now. So um, after that first test... You probably get the next day off. You can either fly back home for the night um, and then you can come, come in with a main session then an optional session. So when you're up and going now, it's, it's, it's better to maximise that time at home. How many frequent flyer miles you got, do you reckon? 1,750 points, I reckon. Is One that million, yeah. A, oh, One a million. million. One million, sorry, yeah. I was going to say it was like 1,000, David. No, Someone's what? ripping you off. You know, you've been robbed of <laughs> sorry, that was credit. The status credits are about 1,000. Stat- what are status credits? I don't know. Because... The perks of playing for Australia is you get automatic platinum membership. So okay. status credits equate to the status of your membership. So right. I think to to attain uh, platinum, you need 1,200 status points, which theoretically is close to 10 return business class flights to London in the year, in the calendar year. And you've got what? 12,000? No, I've got 1,200. You've got 1,200. Yeah. Okay. And which, a, which is, well, that's just Cricket Australia paying yeah, for your yeah, flights, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So is it a bit of a flex in internally in the side? Like who has the most points? No, well, technically the, the, the captain of the Australian test team used to get the chairman lounge card, which is strictly only for like high-flying businessmen and oh. um, politicians, taxpayers' money. Mm, um, yeah. They get it. Yeah. Um, it. And yeah, they're, they're, and they're the 
the perks. So like if you fly more than that, I think it's like 2,400 status points, which is like basically flying every probably once a week to London back uh, or New York and back, you get that status. So yeah. do you still, does the captain still get chairman's lounge? I don't know. I don't actually, I don't think they do. Well, that's disgraceful. I'll have to ask Pat Cummins actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah ask Pat for us. Yeah, I well, that's, I mean. He'd be, the, like, he'd be the hottest guy in there if, oh, if he's got it. Grizzly old businessman, <laughs> saggy old dudes, and you got Pat Cummins with the bluest eyes in town. How's Pat go? How, have you, how do you find like, you know, Pat as a captain? Is what what you see is what you get, basically. He like the sweetest man in the world. Yeah, but he's trying to portray himself as his country boy. Like, you bought a place out at Mittagong. <laughs> it's an hour in the city. Yeah, dude. You know I was come from Mittagong. Well, I, I can like... buy a tractor and put it in the city as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a lot of shots of just paddocks behind him. It's like, come on, mate. And his like couple right of cows. There. Yeah. Well, I like that though. You know what I mean. What, man of the people. He's yeah, skipping yeah. now. He needs to sort of climate change. He yeah, needs to be yeah, driving his V8 Range Rover. <laughs> Flying in Qantas planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know. he's got a few candles around the house, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get lost in his blue eyes? Uh, well, I first did. Like yeah. now, it's I just try and look away. Yeah. Don't look directly at him. It's like the sun. He's a captain, mate. You can't look him in the eye anymore. <laughs> Have you, has it changed the way that you speak to him now that he's captain? Like, is there like that element of he's mm. now the senior? Or more he's the way alpha? he speaks to everyone yeah, else? I think yeah, that's probably, probably a different way. Does he like have to be more? assertive or is it just sort of like is it is it relatively not much changes other than he just is maybe more involved in decisions no nothing really nothing's changed at all really yeah i think if you ask all the other guys i think the way that people talk to me is a little bit different now i think i've got a bit more respect oh that's good yeah i think if i feel like i feel like i'm the one there you know what i mean well you're an elder state i'm organizing everything (laughs) golf trips and dinners and well really that's have you is that like a role given to someone in the side or is it just you've taken that it's just a responsibility i hate being at play going to places and not being um organized right and like if we're going on a trip i don't know if we're going to england next year for the ashes for example you can't just get onto a, a private golf course, um, you know, unless you remember, you know, two days out, just ring them up. Yeah, mm. okay. Hey, it's Dave Warner here. Uh, <laughs> can't get around a golf on your golf course. And, it, you know, they, they just don't do it. So yeah. you need to be organised. And restaurants as well in advance. The, some of the guys are real posh, eh? Like they oh, really? like their, yeah, fine dining. Fine so dining. you can't just ring up again and say, hey, it's Dave Warner, <laughs> Steve Smith. Oh, I've got Pat Cummins as well, the Australian <laughs> captain. How about it? No, mate, there's a three-month wait list here. <laughs> Attica in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how has it changed um, how you treated now in the side to when you first came in? Like, what was it like when you were a young buck? Uh, I was a bit of a bulldog, hence the name Bull. Um, oh, I was rough around the edges. Um, didn't really – you probably don't really understand the um, nature of – what you're how you're perceived as well because you are representing the Australian cricket team right so um I just you know you, you go out and have a few drinks and you just think it's you but you're Dave Warner the Australian cricket player you're not just Dave Warner the you know, the bloke that used to stack shells at Woolworths so mm. that there didn't really hit home until you know a couple of years in obviously a few misdemeanors here and there but you know once it sunk in you you understood that and I think that's why now, like, you walk out your door and you're petrified that there's a, a bloke with a camera trying to get a bad shot of you, you know, wearing really, some baggy yeah. jeans and baggy clothes. <laughs> that must be a weird, a weird experience having that when it's just like, you know, just walking outside, someone might just be there snapping you. Do you yeah. have to – do you put more thought into your wardrobe? I think you look good today. I like it because trackies are in. No, trackies you know? are in the – what is it? The baggy jumpers as well. Yeah, uh, my, my middle child, Indy, she um, picks my clothes out. She, oh, really? Yeah, she – 
She tells me I can't wear joggers with my jeans. Look, <laughs> like, she's well, I'm right. a dad. Well, I'm a dad. Is, you are a dad. That's why I've got trackies on, so I can wear my joggers. Yeah, well, look, you're right. You have got away there. What do we got the Brooks? <laughs> we're rocking uh, I res- I respect a man that rocks trackies. I would be wearing trackies usually, but I thought I'd dress it up because you were coming well, in. Well, he wore a belt today. I was, that's how I knew he was serious. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's business time today. If yeah. I got a belt on, mate, you'd look out. Yeah, so exactly. you don't have those jog jeans? No, I don't. Well, I'm just a trackies guy. Like, I'll spend well, 90% trackies, of the time the in trackies. Jeans. Oh, what are jog jeans? Jog jeans? As in jeans you jog in, I'm assuming. They're jeans that are like track suits with a drawstring. But like, as in they obviously Oh, just, yeah, I know what you mean. They yeah, look yeah, like yeah. jeans as opposed no, I to wear, jeans. No, I wear them as well. Yeah. They're great. And they've Once got like they the tight at the yeah. bottom. Once yeah. they came out, that was a that was it. It was a way to Done. look dressed up, but be absolutely dressed exactly. down. Exactly. <laughs> It's not like if you go dogs. if you go to a club and the bouncer goes, let me see if you've got a belt on or not. Yeah. No. Well, are those days behind us, the belt in the club? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I, hope I so. don't know. I don't know. They were tough days. I remember <laughs> trying to get into the cross back in the day and it was like, not only was my ID probably questionable, but it was like, mate, you don't have a belt on. And you couldn't wear like sneakers? Nah, but no. like, nah, bro. But unless you've got LV on the side of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you can come in. Yeah. Can't oh, wear those nice. Nikes, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ridiculous. Absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. So big uh, big year of cricket coming up, big summer of cricket. Obviously, we kick things off very shortly with the lead into the, the T20 World Cup. How are the boys feeling? What's the vibe around town? Are we building nicely? We will be building nicely. Uh, how are the other boys going? Wouldn't have a clue. Had to drop Steve Smith's um, cricket to him from Sri Lanka because he went to New York, so I took his cricket home for him. Got charged excess that. baggage as well. Oh, you got charged yeah, as well? Yeah, excess baggage. Oh, do yeah. we invoice yeah. Steve for that? Oh, he'll take me to dinner somewhere. <laughs> My choice. I would have thought Steve would not would not be caught dead without a cricket kit within like five metres of him at all times. Isn't he sort of a bit of a shadow bat guy? He, well, yeah, he is. But I think because he was going, going to New York, the I think the luggage excess bill over there is quite hefty. So I think... He knew he wouldn't get 120 kilos coming back on a United flight, probably. So <laughs> he got me to take his, um, I think it was his extra pads, some shoes and stuff. Got Nathan Lyon to take, I think, another luggage bag. And I think he got Marnus to take his cricket kit. So wow, he's just offloaded he, like, yeah, offloaded to everyone. So he packs heavy. Good Lord. Oh, a, yeah. Cricket kit's not 100. How, how much is the cricket kit? We get 80 play? kilos. So basically, we played all three forms there. Um, so you, three different pairs of pads. Um for a two, what was it? Two tests. So and in very muggy conditions. So you're looking at probably thirty pairs of gloves. Um, thirty pairs. He of takes gloves. like twenty bats. I take about six. Um, what else is there? He so he has to have a different shirt. Like he probably has to have two shirts for each day. So he'll probably take. What are we there? Twenty days. Yeah, probably forty shorts. Probably three pairs of pants. Three pairs of jeans. Oh my god. Yeah, he dresses for every case. Seriously. So. Yeah, my God. So, and we're only in a hotel, mind you. We're in lockdown. So, how many boxes do you get through? Do you have just one box? Uh, pending, pending. No, you know, nothing damages it. Well, because yeah, obviously you can't, you can't wash your box, box right? Like you can't guys. wash a box. You can't. Well, you can. You can wash your box, but you, generally it's either in between your tights and your budgies, or you're got a um, what do you call them? I don't wear them anymore. One of those drawstring things. Uh, jock straps. Like jock jock strap. Yeah, jock straps. Um, I haven't changed mine in seven years. Really? No. And the only way you, you, you change it is if you lose it. Because once you find one that fits, mm. like, you know, different sizes. So, oh, of course. You know, it's it's one of those ones, yeah. So, Does anyone get them moulded like a mouth guard? <laughs> well, I tell you what, Marnus wears two or three on top of each other. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> careful. Yeah. No, because, yeah, he goes, if one cracks 
and it, like, there's been occasions where guys have cracked it and it's open and slit, you know, like oh, it's Michael Bevan back in the day, oh, uh, yeah, Sean yeah, yeah. Marsh, like it's painful. Yeah, like, imagine no, that. I actually think I respect the like multiple layers. No, I do. Yeah, I, you would I have do. to. Yeah. Oh, I still got a plastic one. The guys have a um, titanium one. Oh, really? Yeah, like it's just comf- comfort. Yeah. Also, box technologies. Getting up, getting there. up yeah, mate, yeah, if it hits, it might get the boundary, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> down out the cup, box. Did that go to the fence? Uh, ball bars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, as Eddie was saying, I just want to, the schedule coming up is full on, all available on Fox Cricket via KO, may I add. The pre 2020 World Cup, you've played, you uh, guys take on India in India. England back here in Australia in T20s, three matches, as well as three matches in India. Then you've got the World Cup, which we're doing a live stream for. It's the first game, Australia v New Zealand, on KO, Fox Cricket. I think you missed the West Indies there. Uh, or is that after the World Cup? It's after the World Cup. Well, Test Summer. So then we've got the T20 World Cup, West Indies, South Africa. I think there's T20s against West Indies before that. Well, you know what's going to happen, Dave, is that once we finish here, <laughs> the intern is going to be taken out the back and he's going to be locked in the bins. The only, the only reason why I know that is because they changed a game from uh, Metricon. We had two games at Metricon against West Indies. It's now in Brisbane because the South Africans decided to ditch us and go home. Correct. Oh, really? Correct, yeah. you passed. Yeah. You passed the test. You passed the test, yeah, yeah. You passed we left the test. We want to keep you on your toes. <laughs> there we go. All right. He's paying attention. He's paying attention. I'll say that in the next five years. When you see – I mean, I, I know these schedules have kind of become very – that's like par for the course now for, yep. for cricketers. But when you see that coming up after a really long, luxurious 24 days off, mm. how does that make you feel? Are you like, Does it make you anxious? You're like, Jesus, there's a lot of cricket. Or are you just like pumped? I'm actually looking at where's the closest park to the next hotel. I'm looking at um, kids' places to take kids yeah. um, and rooms, hotels, big, big, big hotels. I'm always texting the, the manager of operations saying, you know, what hotel we're staying in? Does it have interconnecting? What do we have? What's our resources? Cricket's not, not even there anymore. It doesn't exist. It's more about where, you know, family rooms. How much yeah. sleep am I going to get? Yeah. What can I'm I do with, with the kids? So, so will they come... The whole, like, will they follow you around with all, like, for all of these? Nah, I think mostly Brisbane uh, because there's obviously a lot there to do. Um, maybe one trip to Perth, that will probably be the test series. Um, Melbourne, I come down to Melbourne. Mm. My birthday's down in Melbourne, so Happy I'll come there. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Just wanted to get in early. Yeah. Look, 25, I, 25. When you, when, you're, when you travel with the family, do you request interconnecting rooms? Do you sleep by yourself the night before? Like, do you no. need complete alone time? No. Nah, from business from, as from day one with Ivy, I've just slept. They've I've, Obviously, the baby sleeps in your room. Yeah. Um, and then interconnecting, they all, yeah, that's chaos. But I've learned through back in the day since I turned 18, I didn't really get much sleep, so I'm used to it. So um, it was fine. But at the end of the day, like, you've got plenty of time to sleep later in life. Fair <laughs> that's right. point. Look, I do think that it's a perfect opportunity for me to also acknowledge i'm a father of two young girls so i you know i get how fucked it is when you're trying to do anything with children and uh, you know i also look for adjoining rooms of hotels unfortunately though we just have to go with the single room <laughs> all of us in the same bed <laughs> we did that recently actually in bali how'd you go with lockdowns and stuff because i mean i uh, like you have your daughters are a bit older as well and there's three of them yeah that's like nightmare. Chaos. Just stuck in a room. Chaos. Can't go anywhere. It was uh, 
It was a bit of a challenge because um, we were actually in the middle of moving houses. So we were stuck in like some Airbnbs, some hotel rooms. Um, and yeah, just a constant bickering. <laughs> we had to do actually five days. The girls had to do five days when we got to the IPL. Um, three days in, yeah, they're pulling each other's hair out. Love that. They're you, in the one room. Sports dad of the year, 2016. Yeah. That's a that's a flex. Yeah. How do you how yeah. do you get nominated for that for starters? No. And then you, was there an awards ceremony? Where'd you go? I think it's peer based. I think. Um, oh really? Yeah, I think I think it was. Yeah, and everyone votes. So I think so I was. I, I, I think everyone dads. was. At, pretty much was footballers always won it. So I think I was one of the first cricketers. Um, do, do you drop yeah. that? I'd be dropping that all the time. Yeah. You're actually talking the 2016 day of the year. So. Well, I don't <laughs> think we can. I don't think we can. You know, really hold that up there on the. You know, pedestal there because the mums were, well, they yeah, deserve yeah. a medal every day. It's actually funny, <laughs> so, isn't it? So if You're I, I stand there and go, hey, I'm dad. the father of the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. stop playing cricket nine yeah. months out of the year. <laughs> yeah, taking, taking them to the park and get them out of the routine. Great. <laughs> Putters and Dribblers, today's episode brought to you by Good Day, the fastest selling multivitamin of all time. Do I have data to back that up? No, I don't. That's a vibe-based thing. Big shout out to the the dribblers that are already uh, on it. It's it's changing lives. I think 207 reviews, five star, all of them at begoodhealth.com.au. If you need uh, to hear it straight from the dribbler's mouth, go and read them because it's been described multiple times as life-changing. As we explained last week, we are currently uh, taking pre-orders only as we are out of stock because it's sold way quicker than anyone could have possibly expected, which we fucking love you all for. We are taking pre-orders. It'll be back in stock later this month, and if you are a subscriber, you will be getting the goods you have not been forgotten about. Begoodhealth.com.au, code dribbler for 20% off. We love you. Punters and Dribblers podcast is always brought to you by the betting platform of choice over here, and that is Neds. Neds, baby. Neds. That's it. Number one in Australia, in our opinion, nay the world, nay the universe, nay the multiverse. Now, if you want to follow Tom and I and our mate Guru and our mate Sebo, I mean, I think Tobler's on there, but who cares about that? The Profiles tab, Ed, it's uh, an innovation by Neds where you can go and you can see what people are betting on. It is essentially accountability in app form. Well, it's accountability personified. Correct. Uh, There's also obviously the About Even group in there where everyone's sharing their own bets, giving each other shit having a laugh, having a chuckle, having a Paul Rahihi. That's a rugby league reference that some may not get. But no, some I will. liked it. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Buy a six-pack of Big Day Rosé at hellosport.shop. What are we doing month of May? Because we are working our way through the remainder of the, uh, the most recent vintage. Got a couple left that we want to get rid of before we then turn all of our attention to the end of the year. Just feeling generous, Tom. We're feeling generous, and it's, a, it's, it's sale time. We just thought, fuck it. If you buy a case and you use the code MANLY, you get 50 bucks off the case. If you, you buy go. two cases, you get 100 bucks off. Yep. You get what I'm trying to say? Go to hellosport.shop. 
bang, Rosé on there, code manly, 50 bucks off a case. Pretty fucking generous if you ask me. But we love the punter and we love the dribbler and we're just like, let's get this vintage out there to the people that yeah. want it most. Let's get it in the gullets of the nation. That's right. Gull it up. Punters and dribblers. What? Attention, please. What do you want? I want your attention. Okay, you got oh, it. I got it? Perfect. Thank you. Need to tell you something. Don't risk missing the biggest rivalries all summer long on KO, Tom. On KO. Fine, Eddie. You, you want me to start talking about all of the pre-T20 World Cup action being live to Fox Cricket on KO, including the series against India, the West Indies in England? Is that what you want? That'd be good, dude. Is that I mean, what you want? That'd be great. That'd be special if you did that. Can I also come in and say something else? What? Do not miss... Every single match of the T20 World Cup mm. live, ad break free during play. So you're telling co. me no ads? No ads during play. During the play, no on ads. Co. No ads. Wow. Uh, how fucking good is that, bruh? Mm. Gets better. Cherry on top, if I may. Do you like test cricket? Love it. I love test cricket. Watch every ball, baby. Yeah. Of every test, baby. Yeah. As we take on the West Indies, you're getting humped. And South Africa, you're getting humped. All on KO. Back to the show. So, 2020 World Cup, it's, it's funny, right? Like, just there's the back-to-back years. Um, we've got the, the, this next one coming up soon. But last, the, the last one that we just won, coming into it, I don't know whether your form was necessarily and how you saw your form coming in, but there was just talks about your form. And then as the tournament came on, we win, you dominate, you get player of the, player of the tournament. How did that feel as like a as an award that you've won over your career, was that like a very satisfying one because of a bit of the bullshit that was going on before? Yeah, like um, the light switch was off, you know. It's not ready. We're not ready to go. Once it, you know, the first game came on, the light switch went on and I was ready to go. So from our perspective, it's about conserving your energy. Like, you know, for, I always say, you know, form is temporary and class is permanent. And from my perspective, I played enough cricket to understand what I need to do. Mm. Um, I don't, I've never overtrained. Um, but that whole tournament, I think what gets what, what's missing from that is the fact of how good Adam Zampa was in that whole tournament, and he deserved um, you know the, the player of the tournament. He won us every game pretty much. But um, I actually did something yesterday. They asked me a few questions, and they asked me what was so good about that series. We had fun. Yeah. Like the the word the word fun was missing from our team. And that whole series there was awesome. We played right. so much golf. We chilled out. We enjoyed each other's company. We couldn't do anything. We were in lockdown. Mm. Um, and literally everyone came to the golf course to have a few beers because it's the only place that we could actually mingle. Who Who's in charge of creating that, or the, who was the architect of creating that environment where it was so chilled, everyone's having fun, you're playing golf, like you say, you're going out there and you just, you dominate and you win and you win well. Who was behind that, do you think? I think it was a collective. If you looked at the one day, the one day and twenty twenty team, it's pretty much the same team. You got a, co- a collective of characters. Mm. Um, you know, you got Marcus Stoinis, who's the Adonis. You know, oh, yes, I yes. can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> <laughs> Flavia. Um, you've got Zams, who's just weird. Yeah. Um, you know, he could wear that um, plant behind you to look cool. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just the type yeah. of person he is. So we've got well. a great bunch of characters yeah. and. You know, you put a beer in each other's hand or we sit here around, you know, around a table or whatnot. We just chill out and we're all so chilled and we just love each other's company. Um, funny, funny little story. Um, I actually caught a car down from Abu Dhabi instead of the team bus because 
I didn't want to drive two hours in a bus because over there, buses can only go 80 on a highway and cars can go 200. Um, and I actually changed the rooms around and I interconnected with Andrew McDonald. And we had 22 days um, in that one hotel. And literally every morning I was on his bed at 7.30 in the morning and we never closed our door at all. And that's how close we were. And obviously he's our, he's he was our coach. <laughs> now, he said the only good thing about now is I get a suite and you can't freaking you can't bring <laughs> can't it in the connecting room. Um, so, you know, that was how, how well our team was gelling um, mm. in the World Cup. And that's probably why we're all so happy now. Yeah. Um, we're owning our own space. How much do you read into the media's... Um, sort of predictions on how a team will go before you know any given world cup like i should, no cut, one I should g- cut you off there use the word read <laughs> yeah. but you know what i mean no one gave us a chance do you, do you give a shit about any of that does the team ever talk about it use it as motivation or you just completely ignore it you're talking about the australian cricket team like you're not talking about um you know a, a local team down the park mm. you're playing for your country it's australia you know you never write us off mm. and for us we've won World Cups before and when you've won World Cups whether you've been a part of it or not it's something that always gives you that spark knowing that we've won it any experience and in that team a lot of people have won either Shield, Shields um, we've been part of the 2015 World Cup um, IPL wins people in that team know how to win and that's you know England when they beat us um, was sort of the kicking up the backside we needed yeah we lost a toss it, was a, it wasn't a great wicket but we knew then we didn't play our best um, brand of cricket. So we knew um, what we needed to do. And that was, you know, pump your chest out, you know, get out there and have some presence and have some energy in the field. And from that game, our energy just went to another level um, on and off the field, which was fantastic. How was the, uh, the circuit post-victory? I just remember seeing, like, as soon as you see those big like, ski goggles come out, you're like, okay. Yeah. No, it's business time. Boys are on. Yeah, boys are on. Ripping and tearing in Boys are on here. Was that how was that? How was the the celebrations? Well, we only came to know on the plane trip home how those goggles came about. They were ordered twenty four hours before on Amazon <laughs> by Matthew Wade and Mitchell Swepson. <laughs> so that was how that was how confident we were going into that game. <laughs> Don't let anyone else know. But hey, boys, we got some goggles in the back for our celebrations. So. Shout out to Amazon as well for the prompt delivery, <laughs> and shout out to Wade that was, Swepson yeah. for playing eyes up. Oh. And then didn't Wadey come out and brain it in the final? Like oh, I can't yeah. remember. Like is yeah. that did he dominate? Well, he scooped in the Pakistan. So in the Pakistan game. So right. that was um, that was the, the game before where, like, yeah, we one at a pump and we needed like 11 and over. That's right. Um, I think that gave him the confidence to actually just press enter and purchase. <laughs> <laughs> but look, that celebration, like we had five hours. Like we had to be up at 7.30 to catch a plane. Oh, So really? we got back to the hotel at 1.30, upstairs in a, you know, seven-star resort and they've told us no, no music. Oh. We said, hang about, there was a wedding here a week and a half ago and we couldn't sleep at three o'clock in the morning and you were saying, we've just won the World Cup and we can't have a beer. Did so, you do it anyway? No, we did. We went upstairs yeah. and, you know, we, we had a few drinks and a few champagnes. The Cricket Australia tab was finally um, allowed out. So oh, nice. You know, obviously, they went through some tough times. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I waited for that new, you know, that new negotiation. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, we had a fun time. The boys were dancing. Um and I think one of the favourite songs that was played that night was um, um, It's Amore. Oh, really? um, so all the boys love that ding-a-ling-a-ling, ding-a-ling-a-ling. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it was good. It was awesome. We absolutely loved it. That's great. So you, with these two T20 tournaments or three if the Windies 
as we correctly tested you uh, before the World <laughs> Cup. What's the go there in terms of the way you play those because you don't want to reveal too much before the tournament? Or is it sort of just like we're just going to go and pound them and then just keep keep going? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a momentum thing as well. Like, you know, I think you, you go out there and you, you can actually practice um, a lot of things that you would like to implement in the um, – in the World Cup, so it's like playing without fear. You know, you can try new deliveries. Um, you know, you can attack certain bowlers, and you know, you just try little things. And mm. there, it's the best time to do it because it's a lead up into a World Cup. And you know, when you break things down, yeah, you want to win every game and every tournament that you're playing. But the World Cup's the pinnacle. Um, that's the finish point. That's the end point. So practice all the stuff that you want. Get rid of all the cobwebs. Um, you know, we can work out, you know, different scenarios of different games where we can take things on. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about learning and doing the process right. Do you find it hard to sort of, like, temper your competitive spirit when you're playing, like, England, for example, the old enemy, the, the arch nemesis? Like, do you, is there just this burning desire to go out there and flog them every time you play them? Or do you just have to sort of, like, woo yourself up a bit? Yeah, look, you sort of play it down because since they won that World Cup, they were up and about, aren't they? So well, that didn't count. Yeah, well, it's just one of those things, yeah, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it didn't count. You know, they're up and about, and um, you know they're used to losing a lot of things with the soccer. <laughs> um, so for us, it's yeah, anytime we beat England's great. Uh, you know, obviously we're going to go back over for the Ashes next year, pending selection. Um, you know, right. brought in Jimmy probably retire. Well, um, KO's sending us over, so we'll ah, see there. Perfect. Yeah. Well, if I'm if I'm not playing, I'll be in the yeah yeah, yeah sitting we'll, sitting down in the recliners. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> we'll bring these over. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring them over. over. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, love love playing England, love beating them. When you're, this kind of goes for any I guess any format, but like when you are just in the zone, and when you're in the zone, it's unlike most other cricketers that yeah around the world. When you're absolutely just fucking pounding bowlers what is that feeling like when there's just like you can't seem to miss a ball you know everything's coming off you're pulling off these really arsy shots as well like you can just tell that you're you can't put a foot wrong what is that feeling like and do for you people that don't get that feeling ever and do you literally start seeing them like beach balls <laughs> everything feels like it's in slow motion even when they're bowling 150 k's it's almost like you're reading the situation before they've bowled it and that's when you are on. That's the form that you wish to keep going, that momentum for like six to 12 months. Mm. Um, you know, look at Joe Root in the test matches. He just literally looks like he's playing in slow motion. Everyone's been in that part. Everyone's been in a, in a downfall as well. So, you know, it's about slowing the process down as much as you can and going back to basics. Um, but, yeah, when you're out there and you're absolutely smacking them, like you feel like you're just going to hit every gap and you're not even trying. Mm. And that's where you get those nicks and it's, it's just through that, you know, first and second slip yeah. and going for it. Like, that's some of the luck that you get in the game as well. Is, oh. there, is there one that's more satisfying, like in the T, like T20 where you're just, it's all big and massive, or with test cricket where there's a bit more, I guess, it seems like, you know, a bit more precision and control and like, you know, maybe it's more thought out. Is there one that's more satisfying when you're dominating? Yeah, look, when you play test cricket, a nice straight drive down the ground is always a good one. And then when you hit one out the middle in 2020, you smacked it for six. You know, 50,000 people. Like, that's like, yeah, that's that's a good shot. But if it just gets over the rope, you're like, fuck, am I getting weaker? Are my bats getting – are my bats – are they knocked in properly? Are they – you know, and then Stoin hits one 17 rows back and you're like, 
Man, I wish I had your muscles. <laughs> do you get? Do you do you start to get lippy when you're pumping someone, you know, for six over and over again, or do you just keep? Like, is there is there a sort of a, a way you approach that? Do like, do you try and double down on the bowler and, and give him shit, or do you just let your actions still? When guys bowl fast, like when they're bowling, you know, close to one fifty, they're bouncing it. You've hit him for six, you hit him for four, and that. You know, just go and mate, is that all you got, champ? Like. <laughs> You do get into that moment. Yeah. Wadey's the best. Wadey's, Wadey's uh, awesome. He'll chirp anyone. Really? Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, he'll tell them where they're going to hit the next ball. Like, it's just how he is. Is there any bowl that you most enjoy to have the wood on? Um, if, you talk, if you talk 2020 cricket, like, anyone that bowls 150Ks, like, yeah. it's, the margin for error for them is so small. Um, and for us, like, you just got to get a little, little bit of bat on it and it flies. Um, I think it's always good when you're facing a spinner and you can play reverse... Reverse switch hits, especially inside the first six with two fielders out. That's always, always great. Are the spinners bowling? Listen, I play a bit of 2020, Dave. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Sundays, uh, <laughs> eighth grade. division, no, seventh division. I was giving myself some credit, but like just watching 2020 and obviously the way that spinners are used differently, like it just seems again like this, it doesn't necessarily spin a whole lot. Yeah. What's as a batter trying to face spinners where you know they're not necessarily – like, obviously, there are walls at turn, but, like, it's not turning that much. How is it – is it – are they getting you out because they're almost just – they know you're going to go after them? Is that how they get wickets as opposed to actually the types of balls they're bowling? It would come down to you – the way that you're playing against them. Like, if you treat them like a fast bowler, they're not going to get you out. But because you're trying to go after them because they're a bit of a slower bowler yeah. – you know, your, your calculations, if it's turning as well, you've got to be right at, at the top of the, like in line with the ball. Someone like Rashid Khan or Mujib, um, these guys that bowl 100 kilometres an hour on the perpendicular, like, it's hard to see under lights because they bowl cross seam, so it's very subtle movements with their hands. So if you can pick them, you'll be able to read them and actually go after them. You don't need to come down the wicket. So, um, yeah, I, I always play from the crease. Because they're either going to drop a short or bowl too full. I might start playing from the crease as well. I think you should play from the crease. Because I usually will stand a little bit out of my crease to just try and, you know, take the game on. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, often, doesn't often go my way. Just come back, mate. Play yeah, from the yeah, crease. I think so. Play from the crease. Yeah, it's a good call? Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. I right. think so. So the World Cup's coming up. Um, obviously, I think that Australia wins and Australia wins well. Mm. What's it like playing a World Cup at home? Do you, do, you, do you enjoy that sort of, that feeling more than any other? Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, home crowd, um, big crowds. So Love if you MCG, you know, hundred thousand. Yeah, like it's crazy. Um, yeah, most games will be pretty much sold out. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things that you're on home soil. And um, I remember 2015 vividly, like you know, seeing um, Pup and Smudge hitting the winning runs and then running out there in front of you know hundred thousand. When Mitchell Stark bowled Brendan McCallum, Dude, like we were together, we yeah. were sitting on the couch. I've never so heard anything like it. Like. That, that first three, was it good? First three balls, first three I think balls. he was just shitting oh. his pants. Yeah. And that first, the third one And he came it. out later being like, oh, I should have played it differently. It's like, shut <laughs> up, mate. <laughs> In swing 154 yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, I should have scooped it. Yeah. <laughs> but that feeling there, like, you know, like, that's what you play for. And that's what you live for. And, yeah, it's awesome. Test cricket this summer, if, if selected, uh, you will play your 100th test, I think, in Melbourne. Mm. Have you reflected on the fact that you're coming up on your 100th test and sort of what that means to you and your whole journey and all that? It sort of, sort of hit home when um, Gazza played his 100th test um, and only seeing only, you know, over, what is it, 13, 14 people have done it. 
Um, so it's obviously a massive achievement to play one test. That was always my dream. But to, to play 100, yeah, it's something special and something that obviously we'll remember forever. Um, but, yeah, it's just shows how much cricket <laughs> that we've played and how many days have been out there, 500 days of cricket. Like it's, Dude, it's, it's, it's crazy. Have you thought about maybe just missing one of the Windies tests <laughs> and then just having it in Sydney? As yeah, I've got a bit of a sore yeah, toe. Mate, yeah. We, can, we can do something. We can make <laughs> it was something a Sydney happen. boy, I think that's probably – Yeah. That's the right call. We could have you roll an ankle <laughs> on a pool ball here and <laughs> yeah. get you out. 100%. You were selected for international duties without playing any first-class cricket. I think that's the first time – in Australian history that's ever happened. What was that experience like? You know, just being pulled from relative yeah. mediocrity. And how? And how? Um, probably had a lot to do with putting um, Sean Tate out of Adelaide Oval. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was actually quite funny. I played against him two games in a row and to myself, to be able to, you know, one, pick up his length and pick up his speed and, and to pull him... Um, made me feel like actually it's actually not that hard um you know like if i can actually do that against him seeing guys like dale stain rip people's poles out left right and center and obviously yeah. coming up against them um gave you the confidence but i think the way maybe i tackled him in those games leading up i scored 165 against uh tasmania as well so it wasn't by chance i was actually on a on a roll yeah. and i think that's what they went for and they obviously michael clark playing with me at New South Wales as well. I think they they um, saw something there that they probably needed or wanted at top of the order. So, yeah, I was grateful for that opportunity. And, yeah, I didn't even realise. Like, I had no idea about not representing your country um, without playing a first-class game. Like, I didn't even read too much insects. I didn't know you had to, like, sort of the unwritten rule was got to play first-class cricket, then you play for Australia. So, yeah. um, it was like good that, how yeah. it changed, yeah. yeah. And we'll probably see more of that now. How quickly did your life change from like that moment to you know obviously what it is now but like before that moment because i i've you know we've watched cricket for fucking my whole life but i remember that innings and i remember everyone going who the hell is this guy what's going on this is crazy like what was it like after that yeah it was really surreal um i actually remember going out that night with my brother till about six in the morning just stayed at crown casino and <laughs> like just had a few beers and was just chilling there and just lost track of time and I saw Ricky Ponting as I was walking in the foyer, just looking at me. And we didn't have it. It was like a, we had a one o'clock flight in the afternoon. Um, and I just re remember it vividly, like seeing him and just going, man, I'm actually playing with these guys. Like, yeah. this is this is crazy. And I just was so caught up in that moment um, of like pinching myself going, I actually can belong here long term. Um, and yeah, from there, I sort of dug deep and, I didn't really change my game or work harder on my game. I just went out there and tackled it head on and I made my debut one day. Cricket got dropped after seven games, but um, I was told to play the same way. And then from there, I knuckled down and go, hey, I've, I've had a taste of it. Now, if I really want to, you know, make this a career, I'm going to have to work hard and um, change a few things and, yeah, work at it. And, yeah. In your test debut, I don't think you scored many runs, if memory serves. Does... Does that rattle you when you make it to the, you know, the holy grail, I suppose, of Australians men's cricket and you don't perform as you obviously would have liked? Do you – is that just sort of a blimp, a blip on the radar or do you – can you get quite anxious about that? Yeah, I remember that um, vividly as well. Um, it was one of those decisions – it was like six or seven minutes out from lunch. 
um, we had to go, we had to go on bat. So like, I went to leave one and caught my glove um, and didn't bounce enough um, as I expected. And yeah, it was one of those ones where I'm like, okay, well, just walk off. And then we chased 18, I think, in the second innings. Um, but you know, for me, it was another surreal moment, like going out there, getting my cap presented, having my family there, walking out the middle, marking centre. And like, I was real nervous because I was like, you know, if I if I mark it wrong, what's everyone else going to th- think when they come in the bat? And like, those little things come in your mind and they never, ever entered my mind, like ever. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, what's the next flight going to say? You know, what's Michael Clark going to do? And all this kind of crap. So, no, it was it was, it was was cool. But um, obviously, um, second test, I was, you know, there was no nerves and all that. I was just like ready to go. You were sweet. Who presented you your cap? Michael Slater. Slats. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, it was awesome. How soon into, like how many tests you played before you got a ton? It wasn't that many. It was the second test. So it was the second test. And you got lost. 100. And you lost, which, which I mean. Which hurts. But I, just, I thought, I mean, listen, we're big, great cricketer fans, uh, the podcast, and they're always like the most satisfying 100 is in a losing side <laughs> because no one else has done their job but you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually talking about this yesterday, actually. Um I was always saying it hurts more when you lose the game and you score 100 because it's all like, you know, Mike Hussey always said, when you score 100, make sure you celebrate and have a few beers that night because it's few and far between when you have a good day. And I look back, I've got 24 test hundreds in almost 100 games. I've only had 24 good games. Now, if I go back and look at how many we've won, I've probably had one. <laughs> like, you know, I've had more. Yeah, but like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't really enjoyed this. <laughs> I haven't celebrated anything. It's actually interesting to think about, like, 100 tests. 2400s is, like, obviously, you know, greatness status. But out of 100 <laughs> tests, 2400s, when you do look at it like that, you're like... Oh. Two innings as well. So, like, you know... <laughs> Essentially, maybe 200 innings, maybe a bit shorter. Yeah. It's crazy. How how did that triple feel against Pakistan? Yeah, it was good. It was awesome. We were together um, for that one as well. We were. We've been we're always together for your big moments. Together when you smacked that quick 100 in Perth, what was that, like 70-odd balls? Was that in the first session? Yeah, that was that – was, yeah, it was 23 overs to go in the end of the day. At the end of the oh, day, and right. you just yeah. pumped them. Yeah. I was sick of watching Ed leave him at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> it was boring. It's green. If it's green and mean, what do you do? You swing harder. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we talk about it. Uh, you know, you've had some you've had some openers in your time. Like you've had a few partners, haven't you? Who's it, without saying who's your favourite? Oh, you know what? Not even that because obviously you don't want to say that. How's it now been with Usman? Where he's you know he's been in and out, but now that he's back in, you're seeing how incredible he is, and that maybe you know he could have been he could have been playing a lot more of late. How has it been seeing his return to the side? Yeah, it's been awesome, and I think a lot of it has to do with. Um you know, where we are in our careers as well. Like, you don't have anything to worry about. You know, you've, you know, for him, he spoke openly about it, that, you know, he always wanted to play again for Australia, but he thought, you know, it might not ever come. So, you know, to play with that freedom and attitude is, is awesome. And it's hard to take that attitude into playing for Australia. Like, I've always accepted failure. Um, you know, if you have a fear of failure, I feel like you're going to fail. Mm. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, you are going to fail. You are going to get out. You are going to have rough, rough trots. You're going to have some good ones. But I think the sooner you accept that, the better it is. You know, you're going to get dropped. Everyone gets dropped. Um, mm. You know, so for him to come back and play the way he has um, gives me great, um, you know, happiness for him because I've been there through his ups and downs. We've played together for a long, long time. We grew up together. Um, but now potentially ending our careers together is going to be fantastic. And, and for us, it means a lot to our parents. Mm. Love that. You spoke then about some players, you know, 
been scared of failure, essentially. It seems to me that that sort of, not disease is the wrong word, but like that sort of attitude has affected a lot of Australian players throughout the years. Do you think that's something that you can learn, like not to fear failure, or do you, or do you have to have it in within you? I think it's in sport and global. You know, a lot of people finish on a high. Now, to me, I see it different. If you finish on a high, you're scared of coming back. Mm. And and yeah, that's what happens. It's going to happen when you get older. Things are going to you're going to get slower. You you know, you're going to have to choose different events, different games that you want to play and whatnot. But that's just what happens. You know, if you you got to accept. How do you teach to accept that? It's all about resilience. Um, and I've had a I've had a great upbringing with my family, but I was in a housing commission. Um, you know, with a lot of people around, a lot of things that I saw that you know I wish no one else would see. And um, you know, for me, it taught me resilience at a young age. So it's hard to build that. Um, you know, some people like just going about their business, and you know, they take it harder than what other people do when they fail and and they're probably scared of failing but i think when things come to you and it works out you then understand it a bit mm. more i think just that initial part of i don't want to fail you know what what's everyone going to think and that's you know it could be like what you dress up in and walk out today what people are going to think of what i'm wearing like you shouldn't have to worry about that stuff and you know it's easy for me to sit here and, and say that but i've always taken that approach like i don't give a shit mm. i'll call a spade a spade you know I always say honesty is not the best policy, but at the end of the day, if I'm if I'm being honest and being brutally honest, yeah, you might not like it, but I have to look at myself in the mirror and be honest with myself. So mm. that's how I've always been, no bullshit. What about growing up in the Housing Commission, did that, because obviously we are talking about like not a fear of failure, but was there added pressure to succeed because of, you know, I guess the ability for you to change your family's life through success? Did you feel more pressure? No, I've never really felt pressure at all. I think because I worked from 14, nine months when you could work, like I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed work. So I like going out there and working hard and and doing things, helping things, uh, helping people. Um, So, yeah, like I said, it's easy for me to say it now because of where I am, but I still would be doing that today. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I... I'm in, involved in some businesses and I'm as hands-on as I can be even while when I'm away. Like, I just enjoy helping. I, I get the satisfaction out of actually helping. Um, that What was that know. first job you had at 14? I was working at Woolworths, stacked shelves oh, at Woolworths. Then I worked there for about six, seven years. Did a paper run, did the paper boy. I was that annoying prick that was whistling <laughs> at 6.30 in the morning. Um, and then... That's actually funny because a couple of streets used to leave money out the doormat and said, stop blowing your whistle, just go and drop the paper, then I'll give you some money. <laughs> so there was, it was actually, it was actually quite cool. But, Did um, you ever throw them? Throw the papers? Did it help no, with your well, arm, back, do you No, reckon? well, back then they didn't roll them up. They just had them like stacked as much as I could in the barrel walking around. And um, and yeah, no, they weren't wrapped in plastic back then. So yeah. to walk them to the door? Oh, I walked like I would do oh, close to t- like 10Ks. Like I'd so around where Hillsdale was, there's was about nine streets which were about four five hundred meters long. Used to come up and around, and then walked all the way down a street called Denison Street, which almost would be about eight hundred meters. Walk all the way around up those streets, like it was. Wow. I started at six thirty. I finished about eleven. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, and they had to keep topping up my papers because I couldn't I couldn't carry all those that barrel. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. So I'd ring in. Yeah. You'd be a strong man. Yeah. yeah. You, oh, you go. I was going to say, do you ever walk into a store and like eye up a shelf and go, that hasn't been stacked appropriately? Like, is it? Ask my st- wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you don't work here anymore. 
I said, yeah, but you know what? They've got to face it. It looks shit. I don't go into a store and have to look behind other products. 100%. Because the rule was two facings, you know, bring two products to the front every night religiously. And then I'd have to walk past and double check the aisles and it used to piss me off. Do you but, still maybe do it when you're in Woolies now? Just like drag a couple of muesli bars to the front. Go, Come on, yeah, well, my pet hate is actually walking to a part and seeing someone just left something in the wrong spot. Like that does is not like the oils do not go in the bloody <laughs> deodorant <laughs> section, okay? <laughs> Like, does not go there. It just frustrates me. So, do you mean more though, like not the the workers, but like someone who's come in and gone, oh, olive oil, and going, actually, you know, what, I don't need it. Yeah. And put it. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Dave, I've done that plenty of times. But I'm there's a lo- there's lo- there's loose item trolleys at the end of each bay. Is there? Yeah. I've never seen a loose yeah. item trolley. And because what, what used to You're happen was no. Nah. What used to happen, and because of OHNS now, um, used to have to put the excess up on top of the actual shelves, right? And now they have proper wheel things because of people you know, trying to sue people. Yeah. Um, so now they actually put them out the back. So if you want that item, it's actually not on there. It's going to be out the back. And, okay. you know, you used to be able to just look up the top there. Okay, there's, there's excess, put them up. Yeah, yeah so there's extras. Um, but they're things that, you know, for, for me, used to annoy me. I get that. Well, look, I'm going to be much more conscious of it now because and I don't you want know, you know, I reckon you were the type of bloke that, you know, all the tuners that stick, st- stacked up, you used to go, put and just pop them. Just pop the kids. Oh, look, I wasn't kids a chaos come like this, all these yodel and trinan, just <laughs> knock, them all down. knock them all down, the glass jaw, just jars. Just have something to do, you know, just try and keep you active in there. Keep you busy, keep you on your toes. <laughs> Punters and dribblers, this is a goddamn threat. You better not risk missing any of the T20 Cricket World Cup action to Fox Cricket and KO when they've got every single match live and ad break free during play, I'm threatening you. You better not miss it. We don't like threatening the punter and the dribbler, but when we need to threaten, we will threaten, and we're threatening. This is a threat. Know that. If you goddamn think about missing all of Australia's matches live and ad break free during play on KO... Did we mention that they're all live and ad break free during play? If we, I don't think we've mentioned it enough because <laughs> it's live and ad break free during play. And if you want to miss our it. boys, if you want to miss our boys go back to back as the world comes to our shores and we hump them in person, you got rocks in your head. Don't miss it. I'm, that's a threat. That's a threat. And you don't want to know what happens, but we- that's a threat. We carry out threats. Back to the show. Did you you had a cricket coach when you were a bit younger who tried to make you bat right-handed? Yep. What? Yeah. What was that yarn like? When why did that happen? Yeah, God bless him. Yeah, he passed away a couple of years ago, and he was oh, he was an awesome, awesome coach. Like he was. So, in 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 short, I had so much power left-handed and kept hitting the ball in the end, kept getting caught. And he's like, we have to work out a way how you keep hitting the ball on the ground. Like you're going to get caught all the time if you keep hitting it in the air. So we tried batting right-handed, and I was pretty much the same. But I just only had one shot that I hit in the air that was playing a pull shot. And everything was along the ground, playing a cover drive, a straight drive, on drive, right-handed. So he said to me, all right, we're going to bat right-handed for a whole year. And I ended up scoring the same amount of runs, but I just felt I had no power. I felt like I couldn't play that hoik down the ground or you know that hoik over mid-wicket that I'd like to do. Um, and I just felt like I had more control. Mm. Um, how old were you? I was 13. Do you understand at all how frustrating it might be for the general cricketer <laughs> to know that you just went, oh, <laughs> fuck it, I'll play right-handed and scored the same amount of runs? Well, you talk to the boys now. I batted for a whole a couple of sessions in um, Sri Lanka recently right-handed playing spin, and I didn't get out. <laughs> oh, and my like, God. It's just one of those things that where I can sweep naturally and I'm going to big note. Unbelievable, better than a lot of the guys in the team. 
like better than Gaza, mm. um, sweeping the ball right-handed. I come try and sweep the ball left-handed. I'm absolutely horrendous. Really? Yeah, I can't sweep left-handed. Had you always practiced right-handed when you were growing up? Like how much of it? I think over time, getting my weight over my front foot has been hard with my right leg. So lunging forward, because yeah. we just don't do it right in Australia. We don't sweep. Mm. But playing the reverse sweep so much, getting my front foot out and just having more sort of flexibility, I think it's helped. So then when I bat right-handed, I can get right out there. It's so right. weird because I measured it. I measured how far I can come out and meet the ball right-handed and how far I come out. It's almost a bat length. Really? Yeah, really? difference of how far I can reach out. What's that about, flexibility? Or so like? my, fl- my hip flexors, are, when I'm batting left-handed, I can't get over my front knee. But on my left side, I can get right over it. Are you on, are you doing some hip flexor exercises? We've been doing it. I can show you a couple. We're trying to run a marathon currently, oh. so we're, we're working on hip flexor mobility. Where are you running it? Sydney marathon. one. Marathon. Oh, yeah. Like four weeks. Yeah. And I've had lower back issues, which apparently have been um, a result of my tight hip flexors. Yeah. So I've been working those hip flexors into the ground. So if you, you want need me to a show you a couple gun, later. Get it right into your uh, oh, I've actually your hips. got one of those. Haven't opened it. Coming Christmas. Actually, you know, well, I, can, I can actually work out a thing for you. Go get some dry needling in the side of your hips two days out. Dry needling? Dry needling. Okay. okay. It'll get right into the muscle. Okay. Do yep. you have anything for runner's knee? Runner's so knee? I haven't got over 15 kilometres yet, and so okay. I'm very concerned four weeks out. So how hard are you going out first? As in, like, how hard am I trying to run? Oh, what are you trying to run? Like, five-minute case? Uh, no, no, shit, no. I'm just trying to do a six-minute trot. But okay. I also find running six minutes, I'm too quick for six minutes. So maybe I do a 5.30. Are you a high high knee runner or a shuffler? I've started trying to quicken the cadence but shorten the gait so okay, that I'm not yeah. putting too much pressure on the knees. Yeah. Unfortunately, I had my most painful run of my entire life like three days ago. So. And you're running on concrete, which probably jars the shit out of your knees. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Uh, I can't help you there. And he's a bigger, fr- <laughs> and he's a bigger front. And I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm carrying a bit of heft around he's a big the truck. Are you getting those huge sh- soles in your shoe too? Yeah, those Nike, yeah, yeah. Those Nike boosters? Uh, I've got some hockers and I'm working with some honours or something. See, hockers the other day we went to the ASICS, was it the, not the ASICS tent? The whatever that city the surf thing was, mm. and I saw the hawkers there, and I actually liked them. I like the look of them. Yeah, they're but hot. I f- but I feel like a shoehorn shouldn't be like at the back of your shoe. Yeah, it's odd. Like that looks weird. Like yeah, you look from space, it looks like an elf shoe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, they do. Weird. I was looking at that last night, and I had the same thought. Like they just look a little bit elfy. Because yeah, I run in a shoe called Topo. Okay. And they were they were at the same thing. They're actually very nice as well. But they're for guys like me who have white feet. Wide? Yeah. i got wide, wide feet. Wide feet, yeah. Dude, i got like, my feet are like plates. Yeah, no, okay. I can only wear them in these ones, Brooks. Brooks. You need to be in the topos, yeah. mate. Topos, the topos are good. If you're in the topos, yeah, you're real good. Well, I just got some new runners, so that's not great news. Well, the other thing could be as well is uh, your, your feet. Like, do you have any, do you have arch support? Do you need an orthotic? I've got do very you? high arches. Harbour yeah. Bridge sort of yeah. vibes. So you need a shoe with a bit of... Arch support. Yeah, so Brooks will probably be good. Okay. Basic orthotic would help. Yeah. That's probably why your knees are sore, because you're rolling in. Look at this. Hey, I've only Where got you this, mate. Where have you been my old training camp? Playing cricket for a long time, I can have a, you know, I can I can be a physio, I can be a masseur, I can do a lot of things. Okay. I can be a doctor. You learn more bloody with five minutes a day than you will in the rest of your life, Yeah, mate. and I don't mind that he's offering up to be the masseuse. I think that's nice. We didn't ask for it, but I think that's... Well, look, I think, you think you've got great looking hands. I think you could get to work on our bodies. Yeah. Theragun. There, well, okay. okay. Or well, what is it? Hypervolt. What's a hypervolt? Same thing, but oh, it's a okay, better company. So you talk about your thumbs. You have you broken them like a, how many times? You yeah, these one, this one twice, this finger twice. This one was actually a fielding incident. I actually went to dive one at point, hit it, 
And when I went to the doctor and said, how's it broken? He said, the impact that it's caused going back, it actually broke coming back this way. Oh, Are no. you serious? Yeah. <laughs> so it actually, so that actually it's inverted now. Like it's, that's the only thing that's gone. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, broke, yeah. it broke that way. Yeah, it goes ah. the other way. It was really weird because he goes, how did you break that? And I said, the ball hit me here. And he's going, yeah, but it broke that way. Damn. So it's like literally like a whiplash yeah, back. It was really weird. And this one was just like a fried egg. Um, Stephen Finn hit it first ball of the game. Hit me and went straight across. Had a pin in there. And yeah, like it was did actually you, really uh, weird because Dr. John Orchard, I don't know if you know much about him, but he's the guy that stapled Michael DeVere's head in the origin. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh. And he's a, he's a guy, kamikaze doc. And he, um, it took him 15 overs because I was that scared to get a needle in my thumb and put a block in there. And then... So you kept playing for 50, you kept batting for 15 overs. Yeah. Players. And then the needle and the stuff started coming out the side. It actually wasn't going in my finger. <laughs> so I was wondering why I was still painful. <laughs> and then he didn't, and then he so happened, didn't oh tell God. me that. So I'm still icing my thumb and I've had it in there for, oh, I think it was be about an hour now. Mm. He goes, oh, have you taken your finger out of the um, ice yet? I said, no, because I can't feel anything. He goes, oh, I might have a bit of frostbite. <laughs> it was purple as hell. Oh. Purple as hell, because I kept it in there. Yeah, and an I thought it was like, oh, no, I didn't realise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been 45 minutes, but it was like. It was a long time. Long I couldn't to feel any burning sensation because I had a, a blocker in there. So, why, um, yeah. why are you scared of the needle in the thumb? You're not a needle guy? No, I love needles. Absolutely love needles. But it was a blocker. So you had three needles. So one in the sides and then one in the middle. And the pain is like like putting your barbecue tongs in the barbecue and then just putting it on top of you. Okay. Like, it great. is so painful, the burning sensation. Any other needle anywhere else, I don't care. As soon as it comes to blocks in your fingers, because it doesn't go anywhere. See, my thumb was like a big balloon. Because they put all the anesthetic in there. Yeah, okay. And like now I've got no feeling there. Like I've just oh, I've really? lost it all. Yeah, because I think you put too much. But How do you bat 15 overs with something like that? I didn't bat 15. I came off and took him 15 overs to oh. put it in because I was so scared. Oh, okay. No, I faced one ball. First ball of the game. Got smacked. I've ran down the other end, took my glove off. I've looked at it and gone, fuck. Like, you just tell. It was blue. Oh, it's blue. The whole nail was blue. It's yeah. dead. I'm like, tried to hold it. So put the needle in there. I was next in. And so, what were we? We were five down, uh, 30, 35th over, I think it was, and I was next in. We didn't lose another wicket, thankfully. Right. I went out there, and I'm trying to hold a bat with a thumb with no feeling is so weird. Mm. I can imagine so it's weird. weird. But how much of it – can you play through any – not obviously with that one. That one sounds like it was completely fucked, but, like, have um, you had to play through any breaks? How, so you have, how do your hands work now? Can you still play the <laughs> piano like you used to? What's the <laughs> – no, I can't play the piano. Um, no, they're all fine now. Just when it's really cold, like it gets like real white and painful. Stiff. Yeah, you get like real pain. Like it gets real bad pains. Um, but nah, I think the worst one was my ribs last year. The boys give me shit. Um, broken ribs is no fun. Well, this was funny. A bruised rib is exactly like a broken rib. Just not broken, obviously. Mm. But the healing time is the same. So for two weeks, like coughing, sneezing, Anything was horrendous. Never felt anything like it. And I was wearing a chest guard the whole time and the boys were just giving me absolute cr shit. Because you were wearing the chest guard? Well, chest guard and the way I was... I wasn't carrying on, but every time I played a pull shot, I was like, oh! <laughs> like, I was just, yeah, wincing. needle for Wincing. Ribs? I did, yeah. Yeah. It didn't do anything. No? That was painful. Went straight in the cartilage, in between the cartilage there. Went straight in one side and inside the other side. Okay. And I actually asked the doc, I said, mate, when's this going to kick in? He goes, I told you. It, it won't do anything. This won't work. Right. So yeah, for for three weeks it was quite painful. That sounds um, awful. But the other one was the funny one when I felt like I busted my nut. <laughs> <laughs>
That innocuous knock that I had, and I yeah tore my. So what did I tell you, I tore my groin was almost off the bone, the, oh. the tendon. Um, had the hip flexor, like the lower ab, and then I had my adductor torn as well. So I had three you, three tears. Uh, how did you do that? That was the one where I I do, dived backwards, tumbled, and then my knee smacked on the ground and then whipped out. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. at that time I was like in some extre- extreme pain, and then. Pat Cummins came over to me and said, you're right. And I said, mate, I feel like I've ripped my nut. And I said, if, if, if this is what it feels like, I said, mate, I don't want it to happen to anyone else. Oh. And then Glenn Maxwell went to pick me up. Ripping your And nut. lift my leg. Oh. And I've never, like, it was ridiculous. Like, so painful. And I absolutely carried on like anything. Deservedly so, though, you know. Like, I couldn't get, out of, I couldn't get out of bed for a week Dude, and a half. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I couldn't. That seems like... That's like an extreme injury as well for like, oh, was, you know what I mean? You don't, so even, you don't necessarily attribute something that hectic. Like, like I couldn't like, I literally I was like stuck like this. Every time it rolled out, it was like, uh, yeah. like you're talking about your hips now when you're running. Like I couldn't move. I couldn't even, so I'm sitting there and rehab was literally like trying to lift my knee off the ground. And I was like, like, I couldn't even do that because it wasn't this. It was the lower ab. Mm. The lo- lower ab, you have no idea how much you use that stupid thing. I'd, Everything. I Hopping, definitely don't sneezing. have any idea how much I use mine. It's not. It's you not don't visible. use yours. No. Well, you, so if like you're sitting in that position now and you try and get up, that part there will kill. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you actually are working out every time you sit down and get up. Well, that's good to know. Because I spent a lot of time <laughs> sitting down. <laughs> um, mate, firstly, thank you very much for the time. We will. We will let you go in a moment. There's a couple of things I want to get to before we do. One of the questions I wanted to ask was just around like you guys play so much cricket. And sometimes some of the like the tournaments are a little bit obscure, and there's some trophies where you're like, "Fuck, what is that?" <laughs> like, do you have? Is there any trophy or or tournament that you like can remember where you were even afterwards? You're like, "What the fuck are we playing for here?" <laughs> like, when you look at the Ashes, it's like, yeah. "What's yeah, that the, thing?" But the Ashes at least has like, yeah, you know, it's, some it's significance. In, in yeah. We know what's yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we assume we, we assume we know what's in yeah. it. I don't know if you recently saw the trophy. And uh, was it Sri Lanka? How big it was? No. Like it was like remember. that. Massive? That, yeah, massive. Because in, in those subcontinent countries, they love big things. Yeah, bigger the, like, like bigger the better. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what you're playing for. Yeah. And in Australia, you get this little token little. little token thing from the trophy store down the road. Because they're not allowed to actually have the ashes out here. Well, they don't bring that out. Do they? Oh, they well, bring I it think out it's on in a, it's in a little then. cabinet now because yeah. it's very fragile and glued together. Yeah, right. Um, okay, well, that's fair. Wasn't there one that was like a cheese cracker or something? That was one I remember. It was like a, a biscuit, a biscuit trophy <laughs> for like some one day tournament. I can't recall the biscuit and trophy. And it was like, I don't know who was holding it, but it's like, thank well, you. Oh, you you should see the um, Alan Border medals. I've got three of them, but um, bad, eh? <laughs> they bad. look like you got them out of the bloody 20 cent They are thing. small actually, aren't they? They're tiny. They're Why tiny. can't we, would you, I mean, I wouldn't mind something a bit fatter, maybe with like one of those like spinning rims on it. You know what I mean? Let's <laughs> bling it up a little bit. <laughs> Well, I wonder, I, I yeah, wonder yeah. if AB actually got to um, design it. Was he got to design IAB? I don't know. I would say no, just to like on IAB. It doesn't seem like Just the eye test on AB. Who, who determines how big a medal should be? Well, I, th- I don't think it's big enough. No. I first think and foremost. Could, I think make it look, look at the Olympics. Mm. Oh, that's supposed to be the pinnacle, but it's the same as the Commonwealth Games. Yes. Same size. Same size medal, you're right. Yeah. Maybe it's the difference in the gold. Does the Com Games have real gold? I would have to so. be. Surely. Have to be. You'd hope so. Have to be. Anyway, be disappointed if it wasn't. You're a you're a Paddington man. You're one of the rare actual Roosters fans who grew up in the area, in in terms of. No, I grew up in Matraville. 
Oh, it's. I thought you were. Well, no, that's still born that in Paddington. So I was born, born in, in Paddington. Yeah, born in Paddington. Yeah, yeah, born yeah. In Paddington. yeah. that'll do. True to my colours. True to your colours. Yep. So you are a Roosters man. I am. Do you do you follow them? Like, are you a big fan? Are you yep. following this season and everything? Yep. How are you finding it this I year? I was actually took Indy there the other day. Took oh, it yeah? down to Shark Park, but it's just becoming a little bit. Um, how do I say it? They're a bit too pri- privileged, my kids. Oh, really? She asked, me what, she asked what box we're sitting in the other day. <laughs> um, I don't know. We're on the hill, babe. <laughs> uh, shark Park. Um, yeah. I actually got invited to the shark box, actually, by the CEO and um, the chairman there. So that was an interesting one when Indy rocked up with a rooster scarf and everything. Yeah, and Uncle yeah, Nick yeah. said, uh, you, you're down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I love it. Um, obviously, they're sitting in eighth position. It's quite cluttered at the moment. So um, last night's game was good with South losing. My yeah. household obviously wasn't a great one. Because um, your wife was a South fan, is oh, that correct? Yeah, staunch. Yeah, right. Staunch. Yeah. Like last night, you know, she's you know spewing at the TV, and I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on, <laughs> trying to keep you know muttering under my breath. But yeah. um, no, it's a good. It's actually a good season this year. I think it's nice and close. Yeah. Obviously, Penrith have got some. Um, some key players out, so yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Will you, be, will you be at the new South game, uh, oh, the new stadium for the South? Or is it no, because someone put a one day game on the next day in Townsville at nine o'clock. So oh, I can't, I can can't get, fly yeah. back you and fly move that. You can, can get, get that your move. PJ up there, can't we? Yeah, after the game, just yeah. hop on a flight, get you up there. I'll have to call Uncle Nick. Yeah, yeah call <laughs> Uncle Nick. He'll do that. <laughs> for Who's your favourite player? Look, I Tedesco's gone to a new level. Like I've never seen a well, Mini used to do it, but. Bounce off players. Yeah. Like, it's like he's playing ping pong. Like, he yeah, just bounces off everyone. It's ridiculous. Hard to tackle. Um, look, I think, you know, Victor Radley, Hargraves last week played a ridiculous running ball game. Mm. Um, but, like, Suwali, he's going to yeah. be an unbelievable talent. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. sign him up for life, put him a 10-year contract Seriously. and yeah. lock away the key. Like yeah. You give him 15 years, like, the way he's going at 19. Crazy. It's unbelievable. That's we crazy. Are, um, but he, he's the only ball, like, he's, for his age, he runs the ball at the forwards. That's what's that's what everyone that's what's sort of scary. says is the most impressive thing is that just is his uh, his toughness and confidence just a truck nut and, and then he breaks the what line. he does on the other end of the ball is he like, always you know, breaks the line and he snaps people in half and he snaps people yeah which love I love yeah. yeah well that's yeah. really nice we're obviously Manly Seagulls fans so you know we hate the Roosters absolutely hate them but I, it's hard not to get around them when you got to well I thought players. you guys through your last couple of games have an early mad Monday <laughs> you fuck I wouldn't like no, seriously like God. that was horrendous that was horrendous the viewing game you could be forgiven for thinking like that if you, been like being, <laughs> like if you, you know if you guys really really support them as much as you do I'd be tearing up my membership no look well that's, that's that was that was that was as bad as Parramatta the other day it was bad but what you gotta understand David is this is from a manly perspective it's been the bravest season in the history of rugby league like we've had every adversity thrown at us you know so like I think it was – it actually was probably the loss we needed to have. Did you guys get your upgrade that Tony Abbott promised? Have you well, upgraded that stadium look, yet? I'm, we've got part of it. We've got, yeah. Part of it? Yeah, part of it. We've oh, got okay. the northern stand's been updated, but the rest of it's – I might come when your, your box offers is better service. Yeah, that's we'll all right. Go. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll all go together. We'll all go together. Yeah. We'll, is there parking? There? I couldn't find parking last time. Mate, we're not, we Mate we'll pick you up in an Uber. We'll go together. <laughs> we'll pick together. you up in an Uber. We'll get out there. We'll have a box. Yeah. We'll have <laughs> some party pies, fun. some sausage rolls. Yeah. Four Pines still sponsor out there? Four Pines. Well, yeah. look, we aren't Four Pines drinkers. We're bloke in a bar, so Four bloke Pines in a bar, kick okay. rocks. Yeah. But uh, it is the Four Pines Park, but we call it Brookvale. Um, before we let you go, we have got gifts for you. Beers? No. Wine? Well, yeah, Champers? if you want to. If that's going to help your performance, we can certainly slide in a six-pack of beer as well. But there's a few things here. Firstly, we'll just get these off Carl. These are 
So we've got a we've got uh, Manly Seagulls merch that we're well, not Manly Seagulls merch. We've got Hello Sport merch that we released this year, yep. which is just Manly thirteen plus. Okay. Because Manly would often win 13 plus. Maybe not this year so much, but last year they did. So you've lost a lot of multis this year. We haven't been well, great. Look, on Manly, we haven't gone too well. But let's focus on last year when yeah. all the multis came. Yeah, all the multis Manly came. Manly 13 off. plus. And look, it, the, the concept, the idea is caught on. Everyone likes saying that their team will win 13 plus. Yes. We thought in honour of that, to parlay that into cricket, yep. what do we think of now? 100 plus. 100 plus. Dave Warner, Dave plus. Warner, Harbour Drive okay. Plus. Look at so, that. All right. Here we's we got go. Your t-shirt there. Dave, Thank just you. chuck us those, bro. Oh, how good is that? Look at, isn't you. that nice? That's beautiful. Isn't yeah. that nice? Perfect. So, I like well it. Well done, mate. Thank you. I know you. So you sometimes you're wigging out about what you're wearing when you leave the house. I don't. I think this is understated, mate. I think you're getting around. I like Sydney it. Sitting in a David Warner 100 plus. If this, I was this you, actually mate, actually feels like material from Bangladesh. Uh, well, that right? that, that's nothing but the best. Well, beautiful yeah, part like of the it. world. It's they, nice, stretchy their, fabric. Beautiful. Bangladesh actually a great spot for merch. No, yeah, no they bullshit. used to they used to make G Star. Now, unfortunately, they're gone. Oh, really? Yeah. Bangladesh known for its fine fabrics. Amazing yeah. fabrics. I, um, Amazing fabrics. If I'm you, mate, I've got this on underneath the whites. Yeah. First test, and I think you'll find you'll get to 25 test times. This is me. Yeah. Now, oh. let's hope so. I threw two away last year. Threw three away in. Yeah. Georgia. That's tough, but look, you know, we, as we say, with this... Can't have the cake good. and eat it. No, you can't. Now, that's not the end of the gifts here. This is more like, gifts. There's more gifts, dude. Oh, this is beautiful. As a Roosters fan, who we, we respect you as a Roosters fan, we hate your side, but <laughs> we were talking shoes. We got, yeah, some, some Roosters runners here, man. Oh, how good are they? So I'm oh, sure perfect. that you can put them to good use. Aren't they nice? They size three. Uh, dude, understated, <laughs> elegant. Look at that. They'll fit. Oh, They'll fit you. They're beautiful. Look at those things. Yeah. So, Hashtag Sydney, it says on the side. Yeah. So that's a nice start. Where'd you get these from? That's cool. <laughs> uh, we do have See, some my daughter's going to love me. There. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. That? Now, more gifts. More gifts. Sorry, dude. Still more gifts. Um, in the Hello Sport universe, there's like, you know, there's like a real tier one sort of illustrious group that people enter and not many people enter. I think it's probably about maybe 10, 15 not many people, but there's some greats that have re- that are in this group. Your friends Ricky Ponting and Adam Gilchrist are two that are in there. Peter Volandis has, has made it in there. They're the bigger names, but then you've got guys who you probably don't know, like Alex Ironside, who made yeah. us a uh, who's a, a plumber. Once. He's just a plumber. One of the great plumbers trophy. all time. Well, you need a plumber. Can you John Engate, the king of the dribblers. Can you see those Ned Kelly helmets? Yep. A guy whose name has escaped me, and I apologise, but he made us Ned Kelly helmets. He found his way into this illustrious group, and it is called the Hello Sport 11, and when you do... You know, make it in here, you get a Hello Sport baggy green. I know oh, you've got a you. baggy green for Australia. This is obviously a little bit more I've got prestigious. I've got you got two. two. Yeah. Well, this is more important. This and is, you've this only is got arguably one of the But most I need a new one thing. with new fabric because mine's it. horrendous. There you go. So this is a one of one. Thank you. In terms of your only one. Uh, but here you are. I appreciate it. So Welcome to the 11, mate. Welcome to the 11. Put it on. Get oh, it on. That's oh, nice. that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Feels like a glove. There you go. That is nice. Messed up my hair for my No, that's right. Now, you aren't going to be opening because Eddie and I open, unfortunately. Okay. And Ricky's at three. He That was on his – so, I mean, are you happy at four? Is no, that's fine because I told Steve Smith and um, Marnus that, you know, they got the easy roll. Yeah. We take the shine off it. And exactly. So you guys can take the shine yeah, off yeah. and I can have average 50. That's what we want. Yep. We, we're we're going to take lacquer off nut yep. and yep. then you come in second job and just plow away. Toughest job in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect, mate. Well, there you go. We love that. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. Really yeah. appreciate it. Good Appreciate luck it. with the uh, smorgasbord of cricket coming up this summer. All on KO, Fox Cricket via KO. Uh, well, yeah, we really appreciate it, mate. Hey, Dramas, thank you. Thanks, Beautiful. Mate. Legend. Could you two just not talk anymore? 
confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.